Hey guys, you're listening to TV Zone Podcast Presents Lovecraft Country. This show was developed by Misha Green, who also serves as an executive producer. So last week we started talking about love. Oh my God. Can I start that over? Began to swell and Whitey's on the moon. I can't pay no doctor bills, but Whitey's on the moon. Ten years from now, I'll be paying still while Whitey's on the moon. You know, the man just up my rent last night because Whitey's on the moon. No hot water, no toilets, no lights, but Whitey's on the moon. I wonder why he's up in me. Because Whitey's on the moon? Well, I was already giving him 50 a week, and now Whitey's on the moon. Taxes taking my whole damn check. The junkies make me a nervous wreck. The price of food is going up. And as if all that crap wasn't enough, a rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Hey guys, you're listening to TV Zone Podcast Presents Lovecraft Country. This show is developed by Misha Green, who also serves as an executive producer. Today we're talking about episode two, Whitey's on the Mood. It's mood or moon? Began to swell and Whitey's on the moon. I'm your host, Zena Dixon. Joining me are my two co-hosts, Jay Giles, TV Zone Podcast. Jay, hello. Hello, hello. And our other co-host, Jenks, writer at Bloody Disgusting and host of Scream Addicts. Jenks, hey. Oh. oh, sorry. I totally stepped on your intro. My bad. Yeah, I, how's it going? <laughs> Ready to go. Ready to go, are we? All right, guys. So we're talking about episode two. I just want to throw everything all in. And I have to tell you guys, I am so happy that we finally know who the mysterious blonde is with the red hat on in the previous episode. Yeah. And I feel... <laughs> And I feel that uh, there's there's so many secrets that I feel like that's going to be coming out. But already, just within 30 minutes, some of my questions were already answered from last week. Did that happen with you guys? Were some of your questions answered already? Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. So you, you, uh, uh, I, I... <laughs> So I had it in my head watching the first episode of this show and then watching the, uh, you know, coming up the season on Lovecraft Country, the thing that HBO put up. I had it in my head what the show would be. And this second episode completely obliterated it. There were questions that I thought would be teased out all J.J. Abrams style over the course of like eight or ten episodes. And this episode, they're like, no, nah, we're just going to go ahead and answer all of that. And yeah. also, you're probably expecting, like, a good portion of the show to take place in the house. No, we're not really going to do that either. You probably expect a lot of these characters to stick around and be the villains of the show. Nah, no, not going to do it. Yeah. So I I loved it. I loved it for that. Uh, I just... It, did, it, did it not feel like a season finale? It, it did. did. Yeah. It, <laughs> it also felt like... And I know this happens often, but just like the previous episode, the second half was very different from the first half. It's like, it kind of felt like an anthology because it's just like, first there's like sci-fi. We know that there's horror. I, I feel a little bit of cosmic cosmic horror and stuff. There's mystery. And then, you know, it ended it all with that powerful ending scene for us, you know? A lot has been happening. Well, a lot has happened in just an hour. But at the same time, it's still taking its time, you know? Yeah, it's, it's honestly like, thrilling to me simply because I feel like I, like I said, at the end of the pilot episode, I was like, I have a pretty good idea where this is going. And then you get to the end of this episode, which the first two episodes almost feel like a complete feature film in a way, like almost, you know? And I just, I love that the show is just kind of dashing expectations for what we think might happen. And I love that it's 
moving like a bat out of hell and it's kind of constantly reinventing itself. And it's thrilling that I feel like I have no idea where it's going to go from this point on. So true. What are your thoughts, Jay? No, I mean, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of thought that, yeah, we're going to spend time in this mansion and we're going to go through, you know, some weird, crazy stuff in the mansion. And, and like I said, yeah, they, they decide like, yeah, here's the mansion. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, it's not long for this world. So, <laughs> you know, they and, and that's what made it. I think that's what makes the show even more intriguing because it's like, oh, OK, so where exactly are we going to go from here now? Because. It did seem like, okay, yeah, the, the whole journey was to get to this mansion to figure out certain things, but they're like, yeah, we're not going to spend that much time here. So it seems like we're going to expand the world um, in the actual, you know, city itself opposed to this secluded area. That's at least that's what the next episode, you know, preview kind of alludes to. But then again, who knows? They might at the end of that episode, you know, take us somewhere else. So, right, right. And you know what, what I thought was pretty cool, you know, just like the opening scene, you know, it's the morning after Atticus, Letty and Uncle George, you know, their encounter in the woods and they spend the night, you know, at this family estate. And it's just so that's a very isolated place. And, you know, you already know there's some crazy stuff going on there. And what I found interesting is how, you know, from here on out, guys, by the way, there's going to be spoilers. Is that okay with you guys? Yes. Oh, yeah. I don't okay. think there's any way at this point to to discuss there's, anything about this show without spoilers. There's no way around it. Um, but what I thought was pretty cool, you know, with Letty and Uncle George, you know, they're like living it up, enjoying themselves. Letty, you know, with a closet full of clothes, and I don't blame her, okay? Those clothes were fire, by the way. That just so happened to be in, you know, be in her size. And then with Uncle George, there's a room full of books, his favorite books. And, you know, Atticus is the only one that's suspicious of the hospitality because it's just kind of like, okay, well, first we meet the, the, the this mystery man. And he's not so much of a mystery named William, a friend of the family, or maybe just Christina's special friend, you know? Well, he is a boy and he's her friend sometimes, <laughs> as she said. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's something going on there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I just, I thought that was really cool. And then the fact, again, spoiler, um, Letty and Uncle George, they do not remember what happened last night. So strange. So like, you know, it's just uh, every single episode, I know it's only been two episodes, so how can I say that? But I'm still saying it. I just feel like this show, like, just knows how to, like, keep me intrigued and in, you know? And you mentioned the opening, too. Like, it's... That opening is one of the most delightful sequences I've seen on TV this year. I don't know what I was expecting to see following on from the final moments from like last week's like super intense, like, you know, last act. But I know it wasn't seeing Uncle George and Letty dancing around to the theme song from Jefferson's. Like, yeah, that is a great note to start out on. And, you know, it, I love it, too, because, you know, this is a horror show, right? And all of a sudden we're, we're getting hit with that. And it's like, this is not what we expect. But what it's, what's kind of brilliant about that, too, is not only does it get a big laugh from us, but it sets us at ease and it's kind of sets us up as audience members, I think to expect a lighter hearted second episode. And, uh, Nope. Nope. It, it, I, it is not a lighter hearted second episode. Not. At all. And you know what I find, um, 
you know, so, like you're right about that opening with the music. There was something so soothing about it because it was just kind of like, all right, there are like really nice clothes and there are like books. There's so many books for him. And then when they do that cut scene and we see Atticus and he just looks very troubled and frustrated and confused, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, then we're like snap back to reality. And then you kind of have to think about it. OK, if something like this happened to you the night before, as much as I love clothes or in, in books and stuff, I wouldn't be dancing you know, drying on clothes. And so um, immediately, though, I, I didn't think that they lost their memory. I just thought maybe that was just the way that they were coping. Yeah, to some degree. Um, but even with Uncle George, because we we get off the bat like, OK, yeah, Letitia, she doesn't remember we kind of get that notion once you know the way she says it, you can kind of tell it like yeah she really doesn't remember but i don't know about you guys but when they were at the breakfast table and everything and when atticus is kind of saying like wait you don't remember you know last night and everything and Letitia, she has that look of like sincerity like she really doesn't remember but the way uncle george was acting as if he might have remembered but at the same time he was i don't know he was just kind of weird in that scene i don't know if you guys caught that or not no i I didn't catch that no yeah it, it just i don't know maybe because it's courtney b vance he can have like this look on his face where he he looks you know like as he if he knows more than what he likes to let on with certain things um right but he he did he kind of and then of course he noticed that i believe it was william that was watching from the window because he says it's like no, they're watching us, you know, and everything. So it's like, well, did he really not remember? But I don't know. Just, just the body language he was giving off was as if he wasn't being as truthful with what he didn't and he did and didn't know exactly. I wonder if he's willing, just you know, very willing to sort of just immediately believe Tick. Like, you know, where it would sound outlandish to anybody else, like he's, you know, one, he trusts him, but two, they're both avid readers of, you know, horror fiction. Yes. So maybe it's not that big of a leap for him. Maybe he did forget, but maybe hearing that something crazy has happened, he's just kind of like, yeah, why not? Sure. You know, maybe. Oh, we're being watched. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, 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 yeah, maybe that is it. So. So a question for you both. Um, I, I kind of briefly stated this earlier. You know, um, of course, there's still more questions, you know, that, you know, get, it's added onto my plate. But, you know, um, were there any questions answered from the previous episode for you with this episode? Uh, I mean, well, we found out exactly who was behind the uh, the whistle. So that, that did get right. answered um, and everything. Um, I'm trying to think well also too we we find out i guess where these um where those creatures come from too so and definitely more light was spilled on uh tick's birthright that is sort yes. of hinted at um you know in the first episode which is which again that's one of those things that seems like you know if this were any other show that is something that would be teased out over the course of the entire season and in this one it's like was it maybe 10 minutes and we find out exactly what's going on? It's like, wow, really? Okay, cool. But, but I love it for that. I love that pacing. Like I'm, I'm right there with you with, with the pacing. Um, 
something that, you know, that was answered for me. Well, there were a couple of things. Of course, I mentioned Christina, the woman in the red hat, you know, um, and I kind of like where her story is going on just a little bit. Oh, from what we know about her, she seems very strong, very independent, but she's also trying to prove a point to her father, who is Tony Baldwin, which is pretty cool. Yeah, the evil bastard from Ghost. <laughs> you know, uh, she's dealing with sexism and stuff, and that's cool. But then there's also, um, I I was curious about Letty's background. And so we kind of learned why she left home, you know, for so long and why she didn't go to her mother's funeral, which is really sad. Yeah, it's I, I love how the show is sort of doling out our characters' backgrounds just bit by bit. You know, we found a, out a little more about... You know, Uncle George and Tick's mom. And, you know, we, we find out why there's kind of a rift between brothers when Montrose shows up, you know, yes. and that big revelation at the end. It's like, but it, it's doing it in such an organic way. Whereas, you know, all of the more cosmic elements in Tick's birthright and the supernatural stuff feels like, you know, again, not that it's rushed, but I love that they're doing that stuff out pretty quickly. Whereas when it comes to all the character based stuff, you know, we're just given enough to engage with and just given enough to learn about them bit by bit. And I'm curious to see if that's going to uh, continue to be the case over the course of the next, what is it? I think eight episodes. I, I agree with you. I, it's something I think is pretty cool too. Um, in some ways this show, like the formatting, it kind of reminds me of, um, of Watchmen. I know that it's completely different storylines, but you know, sometimes when you watch, obviously like a lot of shows or movies, you're expecting a certain format. And you're expecting, um, you know, like, okay, the background about uh, Atticus with his family and even him, um, who he's descended from, right? I wasn't expecting to find that out or even that we would even see his dad or someone, well, he may not be his dad, but I wasn't expecting to see him until like episodes from like four or five episodes from now, right? But it's just, to me, it's just proving that, okay, well, obviously there's not just one type of format. And I just know for a fact now that there's going to be, um, obviously the show has been taking us for a ride already, but I feel like it's not going to stop from there, you know? No, I agree. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, this show is, and to, like we are saying, Zeno, about the fact that it does remind me quite a bit of Watchmen in, in certain ways. Um, we even almost get a uh, Dr. Manhattan-ish moment with uh, Atticus in the episode. Um, you know, he's getting prepared for the whole ritual or whatnot um, and everything. But um, yeah, the show is it's one of it. It's something that really grips you in. And as we've kind of been saying this episode where it's going down a road that we naturally think we know where it's going, but then it'll take off into a, you know, a side road and it's like, huh? Okay. So it's like, it's almost turning itself on its own head in a way with certain things. And I mean, I'm not that well-versed in Lovecraftian or whatnot. So I don't know if that's like a thing when it comes to his writing or whatnot, if they're like even incorporating this in regards to like his writing style or how the show is going, where you think you know where it's going and then it completely goes off in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I, after watching this episode, I'm kind of convinced now that 
you know, even for the Shoggoths from the first episode and the cult in this episode or the order and the, uh, the more cosmic elements that we've seen, I, I'm starting to get the feeling this show isn't really going to be delving into much Lovecraft. Uh, it, it feels like it's kind of leaving that mythology behind a bit. Like it's a great jumping off point, but I'm not certain that, uh, it doesn't seem like it's too concerned with his writing at this point, you know, now that's, that's, we're only two episodes in and it's already shocked me after one episode. So, you know, I might be proven completely wrong on that, but at, at this moment, I think it's just a neat nod to the type of weird fiction, that obviously the show is drawing from, but I don't think that we're actually getting something set within Lovecraft's mythos or something directly um, influenced by it. Might be wrong. Might be wrong. I, you know, I was actually thinking that as well. This one didn't, it did not feel like the first episode, but not in a bad way, because again, I was still in, intrigued and, and, you know, there are questions that are being answered, but then at the same time, I'm still having, um, you know, more questions it's just, I feel that they're, they're, for this show, I think that they might play off of kind of like what they did with Watchmen. I feel like I keep mentioning this, but the generational trauma in different forms, it all seems like they all have that in common, even with um, Christina's family. Uh, you know, that, that it just seems like, I, I think that that's going to be the core of the show. Like, I am hoping that we'll see, as an example, honestly, more monsters because, you know, I just think that they look really cool. But I do think that um, it's not going to be what I thought, which is I was expecting, like, that they were going to be at that family's estate the entire season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I, I hear what you're saying about the generational trauma, too. And it definitely seems to be a generational story in the sense that, you know, all of our sort of leads, you know, with, well... <laughs> With, with how the second episode ended now, I, I, I think we have to assume that our leads from this point forward are, uh, are Tick and Letty. Uh, but also, you know, the Christina character, too. These are all people who seem to be really molded by, uh, you know, the sins of the father, as it were. And uh, it, it'll be curious to see if that's something they continue on with thematically as the uh, show goes on. In a question... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jay. No, no, I was just going to kind of piggyback off of that and say, yeah, it's, it's very much kind of, at least that's what is setting up um, with the whole sins of the father type um, thing. And especially also, too, that, you know, exchange between uh, Montrose and uh, George in regards to Tick and everything. Mm -hmm. It's like, hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays out going forward too if that will right. be addressed again so okay and then i have to ask you guys this because again there's so much you know that happened in one hour um is there a particular scene that stood out for you um let's see um when i thought leticia was done for <laughs> and everything that really jumped out at me because I, I actually did yell out no oh. <laughs> I was I was prepared to throw something at my television oh yeah wound <laughs> up still throwing something at my television about five minutes later but still <laughs> yeah and, 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 it's, and it's funny too because because she was actually uh, uh, on Twitter live tweeting and when that happened she was like well it was fun playing that character and, and people start tweeting like no you can't be serious you're not saying like <laughs> 
<laughs> so she was so and then when she was coming back she was like well i guess i get to play this character a little bit longer then so it's like she's having fun with it too so but yeah that, that that was like oh like oh wait a minute like what are we doing here and i guess that was just the uh, the teaser for what happens later but yeah yeah and I, I i i was you know that was borderline traumatic too because you know early in the episode uncle george did intone her full name again um yeah. trying to try to remember what it was Zena, do you remember what her full i don't remember jay do you remember I can text it to you if you want to read it out. No. I, I don't have my phone. My phone is charging. No, actually, um, yeah, I I don't remember anything. I just remember I started this podcast, and um, I don't remember anything else after that. So, <laughs> I um, yeah, that was that was a fantastic scene too, though. And it was like again, you know, when it began, it sort of sets us up to think that maybe this is going to be more adventurous, more fun. And instead, you know, the final, what, 10, 15 minutes of the show are just like, you know, you're white knuckling it the entire time, like afraid that all of our favorite characters now, for whatever reason, are going to be axed. Mm-hmm. I think uh, for me, I have a couple of favorite scenes. I know I could have just picked one. So just let me live my life. Okay, Jay? I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay, well, the first one. I love Christina's line about the, you know, the KKK about the clan. Mm, yes. Basically, when she said, you know, my father and his associate associates would never fraternize with the clan; they're too poor. And it's just kind of like, oh my gosh, like the way, like the power of classism and when it crosses over with, you know, with racism. It's just like I love that they added that in there. <clears throat> and another scene. This one scene was also kind of gross, but it also involved uh, Christina. When she's assisting, you know, at night with a birth, I thought it was like going to be like, you know, like a cattle birth, like a cow. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. No, it was like a, a slimy looking monster. I, I don't know which, what that one is called. Do any of you guys know? Well, I thought it, it was... looked like a, oh, sorry. No, no, good, good. No, it, it, to me, it kind of looked like a baby Shaga. But yeah. Okay. Well, it looked gross. So it was all slimy and stuff, and she was like trying to cuddle with it, and that's how I knew that you know that whole family. There's something <laughs> going on there, you know. So, um, and then honestly, as sad as this scene, you know, this was a very sad scene with Uncle George when we lost Uncle George. It was a very sad scene, but it was so powerful. Didn't happen. Never, never. We didn't lose him. That's exactly how I feel. So I was actually going to ask you guys: Do you think we'll see him again? Yes. I I I hope so, but at the same time, that also seems like you know, we what two episodes out of ten? You know, that's like a fifth of the story. I mean, he might be our Drew Barrymore at the beginning of Scream. Like you know, we 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 you know they make us love them and then all of a sudden just boom gone done taken out of the story like that's that's how the show is showing that the stakes are real that they're high and that anybody can die because if uncle george can die then anybody can absolutely so okay so i have a question so uh, basically in regards to that they save his brother and then he dies like, <laughs> like really like like okay so because, I mean, that's, and also, too, I thought that was going to be, you know, kind of drawn out a little bit more um, in regards to, you know, trying to find 
takes dad and everything. But we we get him, you know, in the second episode and like what maybe five minutes, well, not even five minutes really, after they say, you know, rescue him and everything, George gets shot and then he dies. What I'm like, really? We can't have, because I actually kind of like the back and forth between the two of them um, and everything. So, oh, same here. I, I do too. I want that buddy movie. <laughs> there, there's some, some rivalry going on. There's something going on between the two. And I agree with you guys. Obviously, death is a very tricky thing, you know, in Lovecraft countries. So I'm more than positive that we will see Uncle George again. I hope so. Um, and- as far as great scenes, though, can we would it be OK to talk for a second about the Whitey's on the Moon sequence? Let's do it. I holy shit. Like that was that was probably the most powerful sequence, I think, in either episode so far. To me, I, I just I love the idea of. You know, everything sort of be being underscored again by something that's maybe kind of well, it is uh, this show takes place in what was the date again? It's in the 50s, right? Uh, 54. Yeah, I think 54 or 56. So we have, you know, the spoken word song uh, from 1969 about, you know, to me and tell me if I'm wrong, but like, you know, the kind of injustice of the idea of all this money being spent on something that, you know, while in its own way, it was kind of wonderful. Sure. But I mean, the the idea of using so much wealth and so many resources to put a man on the moon when there is so much suffering and injustice here on the ground. And then the fact that this song is sort of underscoring the image of these wizards, I guess. I mean, Tech calls them wizards at one point, but these wizards wielding immense power for a goal that doesn't even seem to be that concrete. It, it seems like it's more of a hope of theirs that it'll work really, especially considering that it didn't work out before and it was a disaster, but they have this power that they could use to help others. And, and they just don't like, it wouldn't even occur to them that they should. So, I mean, the fact that they use that poem, that spoken word song to underscore the scene, I think just made it, hit much harder than I think it would have if it had just been like, you know, typical, you know, dramatic or like thriller, you know, music, like a, a score of any sort. Oh, agreed. Oh, definitely. Um, and I'm, I'm really enjoying how they're doing that um, with this series so far. Of course, only two episodes in, but we get the spoken word we hear. And then, of course, in the first episode, we have the... Um, James Baldwin, you know, uh, as in the first episode and everything. So I, I'm really enjoying how they're kind of weaving that into the episodes and in certain scenes of where it's really impactful too. So yeah, it's, I don't I don't know who came up with that idea for it, but it, I mean it's working because um, it's, it's perfect the way because. I don't think I've ever seen any other show that's ever used anything like that before. So, same, same, and I agree. It is definitely a powerful scene. I I feel like I've only watched this episode once, and I feel like because I, for a better understanding, I'm going to need to go back and rewatch it. Um, I had to also do that with the last episode, you know, just for a better understanding. Yeah, I can't wait to. Kind of like I'm going to watch week by week, of course, but I can't wait to get to the end of it. I feel like it's going to be great to be able to go back and just binge the entire thing over the course of a night or two to watch it all at once. 
So true. Okay, and I guess like the final question that I have for you both, like I asked you last week, you know, what do you think is going to happen next? (laughs) (laughs) You know what, Jay? Four box of fights. Who who could say at this point? It's kind of like, you know, what we did last time. We had our, our guesses. And there were a couple of things where even with some of the questions that I had from last week, they were answered this week. So is there like a particular or are there a particular um, any questions that you guys have that you hope that will be answered? You know, any encounters? You know, Uh, I'm wondering if Tick. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I'm well, from what the preview shows is that we are going to get more between Letitia and her sister so I feel like we're going to get more of their family history um, in the next episode too so mm-hmm. that's something I'm looking forward to I'm, I'm there I in the show there seems to be something about a kind of wish fulfillment in the powers kind of exhibited. You know, we talked about this last week, but Tick talking about the Shoggoths only to be attacked by Shoggoths and uncle George mentions Dracula and suddenly Shoggoth is more like a vampire that can turn others into vampires. And then, you know, with this episode, uh, Letty finds a closet full of clothes that fit her perfectly. Uncle George has a library that is perfectly suited to him. And then we have all of those hallucinations too. You know, Letty seeing Tick and uncle George seeing Tick's mom, apparently you know, the love of his life. And, and then that scene where Tick is confronted by a soldier who kind of strangely looks like the princess of Mars from a stream sequence that opened the first episode. And I'm wondering how much of the power and how, well, I'm wondering how much of what's supernatural in the show. We have the idea that our characters, our heroes are sort of being led into these supernatural events. And now I'm wondering, given what Tick's birthright is and the power within him and the fact that, all, a lot of the supernatural events seem to be stemming from our heroes. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how much of it is coming from them, maybe without them realizing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, right. so I'm very curious to see if they pick up that thread in the uh, following episodes, because I mean, you know, as we saw at the end of this episode, the house is gone, the wizards are gone, but surely it's going to remain a supernatural show. So I'm wondering if that power is something that goes with tick and was there all along. And maybe that's why we're seeing what we are now. That doesn't completely explain to me why there is a pregnant cow with a shot inside of it. That's given birth to that's, 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 that's a, that's a question. Uh, but beyond that, I'm, I'm very curious to see what the story is with, uh, the soldier that, you know, because we have the princess of Mars character in Tick's dream. And then there's the phone call that he makes in the first episode. And now, you know, we get that, you know, dream sequence with him, that hallucination where he is attacked by somebody. And for the first half of that fight, he is really trying to talk sense into the person attacking him and talk her down. And then it goes the way it goes. But yeah, there has to be a much bigger story there. I would imagine. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely see that as well. Um, I agree with you, agree with you both on that. But the thing I kind of wanted to, something I really want to see, to be honest with you, well, besides from Uncle George, like, when are we going to see him again? Hopefully he's fine at this point. Um, I'm curious to know why 
why with Tick's father, why, well, his so-called father, um, why, why is it somewhat of a secret as to who his father is, really? Um, I, I would think it's just one of those, like, family secrets, like maybe, uh, you know, Montrose and Tick's mom were already married, and then maybe Tick was the result of an affair, and... Um, yeah, I don't know that, that I'm very curious to see what that conversation winds up being, but it does explain why there is kind of more of a, you know, uncle George wasn't just the coolest uncle ever. There was this kind of paternal feeling between he and tick. And then when we find out, you know, what we find out at the end of this episode, it kind of like, it perfectly makes that relationship make sense. Right. And don't you guys also think that even with the, the mansion, the state that even though it was destroyed at the end of this episode, but don't you think that they could easily just rebuild it? Not, you know, like human hands or, you know, not, you know, a person actually building it, but, you know, more supernatural like. Yeah, I mean, it could because, I, OK, because that scene does happen rather quick. And I actually started laughing when uh, Tony Goldwyn, uh Samuel uh, he you know gets wiped away because it was all about what he wanted. He wanted the power because he's Adam and everything. That's what it's being built up to and everything. And then when it goes completely sideways for him and and everything, I just started laughing. What not the fact that they they bring him in and they get him out right in the same episodes. So I had to laugh about that. But um, I we're mean, still not over him killing Patrick Swayze all these years ago. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He'll never, he'll never live that down. I don't think. <laughs> he'll never live that down. Um, but I, I mean, where was everyone wiped out? I'm, 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 I'm trying to think of like, because we only see, we don't see all of them. We just see like some of them. I mean, was yeah. I can imagine like Christina and her, uh, her, uh, her fella. Uh, I gotta imagine they they escaped. Yeah, but so but the, as far as the order goes, I think I mean it definitely seems like they're done, and uh, you know, I it seems like the show went out of its way early on to show him as being you know mortal, like when he's having what and what the hell is up with that? The his, <laughs> was that his liver getting removed? Was that a kidney? Yeah, just uh, you know, they 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 couldn't go to the market. You know, oh, grab yeah. something for dinner. It had to be a piece of him. That's just weird. But, right. you know, he's obviously in pain. He's sweating like he limps around after that. So he's not like this all powerful kind of guy. So when he gets turned to stone and crushed later on, it, to me, I was just kind of like, well, that's 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 it for that guy. Um, but I don't know. I, part of me is like that would be really interesting if that entire house could come down and then just boom, right back up it goes. That would be kind of terrifying in its own way but at the same time like it would be maybe a tad disappointing storytelling wise just because i love the fact that they set up the expectation that that house is going to be important and then in the course of an hour they're just kind of like you know what we're done with this part let's do something brand new it reminds me of uh oh i, I did this interview once and somebody talked about Stuart gordon and how you know like he would you know, when he would talk to actors, like they would bring something to a performance and he would push them to go further. And uh, according to the person I did the interview with, they were like, 
Stuart Gordon would say, no, how about you go ahead and get there straight away? Like, you know, like if they were going to build to that in their performance, he's like, no, go ahead and do it now and we'll find something better on the way. And so, you know, uh, his, his idea is that more is more, you know, get there faster and then pop that, you know, and that's something he would bring into his storytelling as well. And so I kind of hope that Lovecraft County is doing that. It's like, ah, you thought, you know, this house is a great setting for an entire show. And we're going to knock it down in an episode because we can find something better next week. And then we're going to give you something amazing next week. And just when you start to get used to that, we might knock that down then too. You know, I like that idea. I, I, I think it's kind of exciting. Yeah, I like that idea as well. But I seriously, I really do think that that house is going to come back. It might. It might. Mm-hmm. And I, I would be there for that. Okay. All right. And it might be Christina, too, that brings it back. You never know. Maybe because obviously she has powers of a sort, too. And I, I wonder, too, can I ask a question? Uh, I know we're getting close to the intro, probably. But we were talking about her boyfriend or the boy who's also a friend. Set up the idea initially after our heroes sort of dealt with all of the overt racism in the first episode with the cops and the sheriff and all that. Like they get to this house and you're still uneasy because obviously there's there's something weird going on behind those walls. But in the way that the I don't think he was even I think they go out of their way to say that he's not a butler or a servant, but whatever he is, you know, he's there to help initially. And it seems like the fact that the way he treats them is so um, different than the way they've been treated up until that point. And he is kind of like weirdly welcoming and he's kind of, he's kind. And there's this feeling that almost like he might be an ally of sorts to them. And that maybe there is a, yeah, certainly not with the members of the order, but that there's maybe a lack of the type of racism and bigotry in Braithwaite when we meet him initially that there is surely there in the other members of that order. But then, you know, as the course of the episode goes along, it's like, eh, no, 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 that's not the case at all. Like they're literally, that was, they were just sort of trying to be welcoming because they need something from tick. You know, it's really just a matter of them needing to use him. And in many ways, like this single hour of television reminded me more of Jordan Peele's get out than anything else he's produced up until that point. Like uh, structurally and like thematically, it seems like kind of the same story in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that you mention it, yeah, it, it really does. The whole, you know, Oh, we're going to invite you in and you know, you're part of the family, but we want you here because we really want something from you. So. Ex- exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's the idea of like, you know, pretending to be kind of pretend, you know, I mean, obviously with get out, it was the idea of like the, the liberals or anything, but you know, like, and then by the end of it, who they really are is kind of revealed. And so like when it got to that point, I was like, this is, this is, this is like Lovecraft countries get out in a way, which I kind of loved. You know, what's funny when we first met that mysterious man, who's really not a mystery, William, her friend, guy, um, so when we first met him, I just assumed that that was Christina's brother. Same here. Yep. And to be honest with you, I still kind of think that way. I know that's gross. And it's just like, I, I just had a feeling because I, I kind of also feel like something might happen between Christina and Atticus. She's giving me that vibe. And even though I feel like Atticus, like he's interested in, in Letty, um, I I don't know. I just I I just kind of you kind of just see it. Can I I 
is Tick interested in Letty? Because to me, like, you know, when he first sees her, like, there is this kind of moment where it's like, okay, is this the meet cute where they're going to be kind of starry eyed at one another? And obviously, they're both super attractive people and they seem to get along. So it would only make sense in the setting of like an adventure story. It's like, oh, you know, there's got to be a love story to it. Of course, this is the most obvious thing for these two. But, you know, when they had their hallucinations, like, Letty dreamt of Tick and Tick dreamt of a soldier, you know, and somebody he's obviously still hung up on. So I'm wondering like if he has any feelings for her whatsoever beyond just basic friendship. I, I think he does, but I think it's just more of their friends. So, you know, it's kind of that weird type of relationship where perhaps he doesn't want to make a move right now. And then also, you know, there's like real life monsters it's hard to carry on a courtship when you know <laughs> there are shoggoths and vampires and buildings yeah. coming down on you. so you know i i think that i i see that they have something they do have chemistry clearly letty has a thing for him mm-hmm. even from um, last week when she was taking a photo of him and you know when he's you know cleaning up and stuff cleaning up his body and i don't know I mean, I, I mean, at least that's that's the vibe that I've I've been getting. Well, I mean, is she still going to be into him though after the hallucination with the snake? Because my God, yeah, that was so terrible. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> but but it is interesting too because when they were having their hallucinations, it's like George and Letty. They, you know, they kind of had visions of what they desired, where. Tick, he's in this freaking, you know, fight for his life, basically. So it's like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. Even though Letty's does turn, you know, dark with the whole snake uh, thing or whatnot, but it still was something that she desired, which was him and and everything. But yeah, was, that was that was kind of interesting too, like how that played out. Like George, he envisions the love of his life, which is Tick's mom, and you know, Letty's envisioning him but he envisioned like like you said jinx that soldier girl um or whatnot and she's trying to kill him so it's like what what does that really say about what's going on in his head so (laughs) (laughs) what happened between the two why would why did he leave you know what what i mean obviously we'll we'll know soon i'm pretty sure they'll tell us but that was a you're, you're right that was a very uh a weird type of Thing that was going on with him compared to everyone else and and i, I mean i do have one last thing um and it goes back to because i don't think i'm gonna let go of the opening scene from the first episode that what if that was not really a dream and he actually manifested all of that that would be oh my god what if it were like a flash forward what if that's the final act of the story and everything that we're watching up until this point? Like, it's just leading up to that moment. Oh, my gosh. Because at this point, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I, that's what I love about it. It's like anything can happen at this point. Yeah. He, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know because it's like, okay, you, I like, okay, we all have had weird dreams. But mm-hmm. I don't think any of us have had dreams where we're dreaming of aliens and a war and, you know, Jackie Robinson, you know, killing, you know, creatures with his baseball bat. It, it just, 
it just felt like something because he's in a harrowing time you know he's in war so what if his mind just goes all over the place and he just manifests you know world war of the worlds and the you know the red alien princess and jackie robinson who's probably his hero you know and everything so it's just like he just manifests all this stuff to basically calm him down in in a most extreme situation if the show ends with actual jackie robinson beating cthulhu to death with a baseball bat <laughs> i am willing to proclaim it the greatest piece of film entertainment <laughs> ever made hey i'll be all for it so and do you guys have any final thoughts on the episode um give, give me episode three yeah <laughs> i i, I, I want to see where where the story goes um what because i mean from the previous scenes like we're going back to the um conventional racism um to, of sorts you know with them in this house um and everything and you know people not <laughs> happy that they're moving into their neighborhood you know you know whatnot so it seems like we're gonna go back to that a little bit but i'm pretty sure it's gonna be some you know some some stuff that's gonna bring us back to the horror element of not like just the normal real life horrors you know we're dealing with racism and stuff like that but i think some of the you know sci-fi horror i think will you know kind of show up a little bit because it, 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 tick has to have this power with him they, because I, I don't believe that they're just gonna leave you know us like oh okay yeah he you know gets out of there but clearly he has a power in him now mm -hmm. so, it's yeah. you know it didn't occur to me until you said that i wonder if you know, if the story keeps progressing like this, where we're literally, you know, we're dealing with uh, entire subplots just in one episode and then we're moving on, then if the first episode is kind of, I'm just wondering if every episode might try and deal with a different facet of racism from episode to episode. You know, if, if you know, the first episode was uh, racist cops and rednecks, then the second episode is surely kind of like the you know, it's the get out thing. It's the, uh, you know, it's the kindly white liberal folks, you know, who pretend to be your friend, you know, in, in the second episode, then the third episode is like you said, you know, in the suburbs, like we don't want you here, like that kind of thing. I'm wondering if that's part of the show's design that it is going to be looking at various settings and various aspects of racism. It'll be very curious to see if they follow up on that. I think if so. I, I agree, but I'm also, you kind of reminded me, I wonder what was the name of that woman who the first woman she had a whistle with the dogs and she had an attitude oh god uh, <laughs> well I, 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 dog lady i think it was mrs dog lady. <laughs> dog lady i was so happy when letty like knocked her out and she felt <laughs> she was just so rude and just mean it's like miss why first of all why are you following them like she was just waiting for them to 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 like mess up so she can attack and get her little dogs I, I know they're not little but still you just know she would not wear a mask in walmart oh my god <laughs> she would, she would raise hell. <laughs> and she, she would like to speak to the manager so that oh, she is god. that is like karen prime right there <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's crazy about it too is that the actress um i actually know her from another hbo show uh the deuce actually she was on that show um where she plays a prostitute on there so yeah was she a good actress? No, she she is. She was she was good on that show. Um, yeah. It kind of sucks what happened to her on the show um, and everything, but but yeah, she she got what she deserved here at least. 
but no, she didn't. Well. But what she didn't get what she deserved in in Deuce. So, but I, I wonder if we're gonna see her again. This is Dog Lady. Uh, no, I, I like to hope that she got <laughs> uh, buried in the uh, mansion some type of way, even though she was never a part of. But just just to hope that she, you know, got buried. Oh, she in, showed in up rubble. in the last second, just just <laughs> long enough to get crushed. Yeah. Wait, what? No, I was gonna say with her dogs, but no, without the dogs, they didn't do anything. They can't help who their mom is. I'm pretty sure those dogs were racist too. Yeah, yeah they were. Yeah. But they're still little sweet babies. I don't want them to get hurt. So, but all right, do you guys? Uh, well, we'll start with this. I was gonna say, do you guys have anything else? Um, no, that's pretty much it for me. I got, I got nothing. Oh, okay. Just <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, I do have one more thing. Um, Samuel, when he used kind of like this metaphor and he said that he's Adam, don't you guys wonder, you know, what does that make Christina? Like, is she going to be Lilith or Eve? <laughs> I don't know. That's, but that's... She, well, I mean, you, okay. So I'm, I'm glad you kind of went back to that because as someone who watched Game of Thrones, all I, the impression I got from Samuel and, and his his daughter and William is that they're, they're basically the Targaryens or whatnot, where that family from that show, they, they, they were pure bloods, which means they only <laughs> had sex with their own family to keep their, right. their family pure or whatnot. And that's the vibe I got from them is the same, the same vibe. So, yeah. I mean, definitely, um, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Boyfriend, uh and christina like they they definitely look like they they come from the same pool you know like they're both so i i think you're right who i mean the idea of them being like siblings but also lovers doesn't seem like it's going to be that much of a stretch which uh you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right and jay can you let us know where we can find you on social media of course uh of course you can find me on the twitter at either J movie talk, my movie podcast, Twitter, or my personal Twitter, um, the J Giles over there. So yeah, I'm always on either one. So. And you jinx. I am on Twitter. That is, uh, at jinx, 1981. That's J I N X one nine eight one. No, you also have an Instagram now too. We, we want to follow you on Instagram. Too. Oh, god instagram what what is my instagram i don't yeah you know, they made me do this thing that wasn't jinx 1981 and i just kind of forgot about it and somehow people found me i think it's uh you can find me on instagram jinx 740941 or jinx 941740 it's one or the other one or the other okay and you guys you can find me on twitter at lovely xena and on facebook and instagram real queen of Fora. all right thank you guys for listening and jay can you do your special thing for us please Peace. Take me to your rivers. I wanna go. A go. Take me to your rivers. I